first got married, so this was a, a couple and he was, they were both pastors and they got married and in the first couple of weeks of their marriage, the wife began to notice that every Saturday morning when it was the day off, the husband would get out of bed, go downstairs, be gone for like two minutes and then get back in bed and fall back to sleep. And she's thinking, what is he doing down there every Saturday morning? So one Saturday, she said, right, I've got to find out. So she says to him, what do you do on a Saturday when you go downstairs? And this was his reply. He said, I go downstairs and I open the curtains so that my neighbours won't think the minister is lazy. Literally. So his belief was, I can't rest because people might think I'm a lazy minister. <laughs> and so beliefs about pausing and resting can actually hinder us from properly looking after our body, but also our soul. And we're going to have a look for a few minutes on what the Bible says about rest and we're going to go to Psalm 62. And it says there, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress. I shall never be shaken. Find rest, O oh my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Trust in him at all times, people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. What incredible words for us tonight. And first of all, two words stood out for me in there. The first one was rest. My soul finds rest in God alone. And when I first read those verses, my soul finds rest in God alone, a little voice came back to me that said, really? Is that true of you, Julie, that your soul only finds rest in God? I wonder how you would answer that question. Is God the only place you go to for rest? Is he the only place you go to to refuel? Now, I reckon that rest for a lot of us looks like landing on the sofa or on our bed at the end of a busy day, maybe doom scrolling on social media, or maybe Netflix, or maybe it's having a bit too much to eat or a bit too much to drink. And most of those descriptions of the things I've just given aren't the sort of pit stop that we're talking about today. Because it sounds to me that those kinds of refueling is essentially numbing. It's essentially disassociating or distracting ourselves from the real stuff of life that's going on in us. That type of rest isn't intentional and it isn't helpful. But according to the Bible, there is a rest that restores us when we engage with it. And that is rest that has God in the, cent in the center. Sorry, I lost my voice there. Now, it says in Psalm 23 verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. So when we rest in God, the result 
is restoration. When we scroll on social media, that doom scrolling, I love that expression, it's what it feels like, it doesn't restore us. It only takes us away from what's really happening. The second word that stood out to me from this first verse is this word soul. And our soul is our inner being. It's us on the inside. It's our mind, it's our will, and it's our emotions. And it's where we feel and respond to everything that goes on around us. I love the fact that in the Bible, in the New Testament, we, we can read about how Jesus dealt with his emotions. We can read about when Jesus cried when his friend died. We can read about when Jesus wept over the state of the city. We can also read about when Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane said to his friends, will you just come and be here with me while I'm struggling? I, I always think it's so interesting that Jesus didn't hide himself away at the moment of his deepest pain. But what he actually did was said to his mates, will you come and be with me in this moment? Jesus gave expression to what went on in his soul. So how much more do we need to pick up on what he did? Do you know, a couple of months ago, one day I was driving around and Stuart and I live in Manchester, the home of Manchester United and Manchester City. I don't know if we've got any fans in the room. Um, so we, I was driving around Manchester. I was on my way home when I suddenly realized my car was almost out of fuel. And I'm talking, it's like saying you've got 15 miles left in your tank. And I'm thinking, uh-uh, I don't think I'm going to make it home without getting to a petrol station so I'm going along the road and literally I can see the miles ticking down that are left in my tank and I saw the petrol station approaching and honestly my heart was beating I was had palpitations I was sweating and I got up to the petrol station and I was literally going on air my car was going on air and so I, I remember going round this roundabout and I was just literally running on air going round the roundabout and I came right in to land at the petrol pump as the car conked out and I realized in that moment I have literally activated my fight or flight system I'm freaking out and all because I left my car to be totally run out of fuel now do you know some of us live our lives like that we live our lives in permanent fight or flight mode. We're stressed out, we're rushing around, we're doing all the things that we need to do, getting that project finished, getting ready for conference, doing everything that we need to do. And, you know, as we're racing around life, doing all of that stuff, we're also dealing with other things. We're managing losses that have happened in our lives. We're managing betrayals. We're managing disappointments. We have got so much stuff going on. And often we just do not have time to actually pause and stop and say, what is going on? Do you know, when we don't give our soul expression, it finds other ways to tell us it's got something to say. 
And just like a car flashes up warning signs, it will say, you need petrol, Julie, you need petrol. Or your car needs a service or it needs oil. God has designed our bodies in such a powerful way that sometimes our body speaks to us and says, are you listening? I'm trying to communicate something to you. And maybe for you, it could, be, it could be all sorts of things that your body is trying to communicate with you. Maybe you struggle to get to sleep or stay asleep. Maybe it's headaches. Maybe it's aches and pains. Maybe it's low mood or anxiety. Maybe you just don't feel anything much at all anymore. Do you know, lacking in empathy is one of the first signs of burnout. If you're just like, I just don't care. You know, someone tells you something that years ago might have actually got to you and now you're just like, nah, don't really feel anything at all. That is a sign that you've got compassion fatigue or that you're burning out. But many of us, we notice these warning lights going off. Maybe our body's trying to alert us to a soul issue and we say, just a few more miles. I can press on just a few more miles. I can keep going. And you know, ignoring the vehicle's warning signs is less costly right now, and it saves us time, but it will present us with a bigger bill in the future if it breaks down. And we don't want that to happen. We don't want to break down. We want to be fueled. We want to be serviced in, in God's presence. And that is what God wants to do with us here tonight. He wants to meet with us. He wants to encounter us. He wants to fill us again with his Holy Spirit and actually work on the stuff that's going on in our souls. Is that sounding good so far? So what is God's solution? What is God's solution? Well, in these verses that we've read, God gives us a roadmap. He gives us three keys to how we can be healthy in our soul. And these are the three things. The first is trust. Trust, pour out, take refuge. Trust, pour out, take refuge. And so that first one, let's take a few minutes. We're going to have a look at this word, trust. Do you know, trust and rest go hand in hand. Because when we truly trust that God has got it and he's got us, we truly trust that when we rest, he is working, then we can actually take a pause. A big part of this idea of trust connects with control. A friend of mine once said this, and you know you sometimes hear someone say something and you think, hang on a minute, say that again. This is important. Well, this was one of those things for me. And this is what he said. He said, God is in control of the universe. All I have to do is control myself. I find the life God has for me when I stop trying to control the universe and start to control myself. Have you got that? We spend so much of our time trying to control things that are out of our control. And a couple of years ago, I heard um, 
a guy called Stephen Covey. Some of you may have heard of him. He wrote, he wrote about this many years ago, but he introduced this concept and, and he called it the circles of control. And what he suggested, good old Stephen, was that there are areas of our lives that we do have control over. They're within our control. Then there's other areas that we have some influence over. But then there are other things, other areas of life that are absolutely out of our control. We can do nothing about them. And I would put in there things like the economy, things like the weather, although you guys aren't doing so bad on that front. You, you could put in the outer circle other people's attitudes, other people's behavior. There's so many things that live in that outer circle. However, have you ever thought about the things that we give most of our energy to, the things that keep us awake at night, that we're worrying about, that we're stressing over, are often the things that live in the outer circle. And I tonight want to rename that outer circle miracle territory. Because when we come to a stage of saying, actually, the stuff that I'm worrying about, the stuff that's occupying my mind, the stuff that's stressing me out, when we begin to realize I can do nothing about it, it isn't as if we just go, oh, well, that's out of my control. No, what we're going to do tonight is we're actually going to take time at the end of this evening to put into miracle territory those things that we spend far too much time stressing over. Because when we begin to acknowledge, actually, when they're out of my control, that then means they're in God's hands. That then means that they're in his territory where he can begin to do miracles in those areas of our lives. Now, when I was preparing tonight, one of the things that, that really came into my mind is, that, is, is the issue of forgiveness. Do you know that forgiveness, forgiving another person, is in that center circle? To forgive, to choose to forgive someone who's hurt you, who's wronged you, is something that is within your control. What we don't have control over is that person apologizing. We don't have control over someone saying sorry, over someone else changing. But what we have the opportunity to do that's within our control is actually forgive is actually say, I'm going to let go of this and not just let go of it, but I'm actually going to hand this over to the God of justice. And I'm going to say, God, you are just, you are the one who will deal with this situation or this person or this, this mindset. And I'm going to release myself by letting go. And you know, I read something tonight as I was preparing and, and this, I'm just going to read it to you. It says, there is an enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed. Chronic anger puts you into a fight or flight mode, which results in numerous changes in heart rate, blood pressure, and immune response. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, and diabetes, amongst other conditions. Forgiveness, however, calms stress levels, leading to improved health. 
I mean, Kat did that land with you that when we hold on to unforgiveness, it damages our physical health and it damages our mental health. So I want to challenge you tonight. What are you holding on to? What is it that is within your control to let go of and put into miracle territory? So trust, that's the first one. Second, pour it out. Trust, pour it out. Part of controlling ourselves, that center circle, is attending to the stuff that has accumulated in our soul along the way. The stuff that accumulates in our soul is almost like that backlog of emails that you never get to. I don't know if you're like me, but you might have hundreds of emails, yeah? Pastor CJ's put up his hand as well, where you just never, ever get round to opening up, and Karen, those emails. And if our, if our body is the vehicle, our soul is the suitcase in the boot. If our, if our body is the vehicle, our soul is the suitcase in the boot of our car that we carry around. And what happens as we travel through life is we accumulate stuff in the suitcase of our soul. Those of us that are in ministry life, and I'm going to suggest tonight that all of us are in ministry life. You might be in ministry life because you're on staff at the church. You're in ministry because you're serving in a department. You might be serving in hospitality or kids or youth or in the surf school. You might be in ministry because your parents are in ministry. But in ministry life, stuff happens Stuff happens to us in church life, but stuff also happens to us in our personal life. So we've got stuff going on in ministry life. We've got stuff going on in our personal life. And what often happens is that we have to prioritize one or the other, because sometimes we just cannot deal with everything at the same time. And I know in mine and Stuart's life, there's been times where there's been stuff going on in our personal life, maybe in our family with our kids or other stuff and then something happens in church life and sometimes what we have had to do is kind of is say well we can't do all this so we're going to deal with what's happening here but then the rest of it gets kind of shoved into the suitcase you're like I'll, I'll deal with that at another time I'll deal with that disappointment I'll deal with that loss I'll deal with that sense of betrayal I'll deal with that frustration and I kind of shove it all into the suitcase case oh it'll be okay I'll just pop it in there but what happens over time is that suitcase starts to bulge it starts to crack a little bit you start to get bits that are poking out the sides and maybe you try and like sit on it and you're like trying to close the case but actually it's starting to come out have you ever had one of those experiences where maybe you're out with your friends or maybe you're at church or you're even at work or at school or university and you start to find, well, I can't, just can't control my emotions. I'm crying when I don't want to be crying. I'm angry when I don't want to be angry. I'm struggling. And what begins to happen is the suitcase of your soul starts to overflow and starts to burst open because there comes a point where you cannot contain and and actually, we were never meant to contain all of that stuff in the suitcase of our soul. So do you know, tonight, 
one of the things I believe God wants to do and is already doing as we're sitting here together is he is starting to come into the suitcase of our soul. He's starting to whisper to us and say, hey, remember that disappointment. Remember that hurt that you felt when that happened. Remember when that person said that to you. Remember when you experienced that. Remember the anger that you felt. And what God doesn't do, in my experience anyway, is he doesn't just come along and rip the suitcase open and tip it all on the floor in one go. It would almost be like someone bringing your, your dirty underwear and putting it out for everyone to see. No, God doesn't work like that. But what he does do is little by little, he begins to reveal. It's like he shines his light and says, that bit there, I want, I want us to talk about that. And so what God's doing even now is he's beginning to reveal things to you, maybe remind you of things, things that you've shoved away in the suitcase. Because what he wants us to do is be healthy. He wants there to be health in our soul and he wants to meet us right there in that place where perhaps stuff has been shoved away. Do you know, God encourages us through this psalm to pour it out, to pour out um, what's going on in our soul. And I love David, his, his incredible David who wrote the Psalms, because I believe he was trying to disciple us in the practice of what the Bible calls lamenting. You may or may not have heard that word before, but lamenting is being able to pour out to God all of those emotions, all of those feelings, all of the angst that you've experienced. But you know, in our 21st century church, often we Disneyfy, as I call it, we Disneyfy our emotions. And someone might say to you, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. It's quite pink and fluffy and it's cool and it's all good. And we actually Disneyfy what actually we should be giving an 18 rated version of. Now, compare the two. You've got your Disney and you've got your 18 rated version. Now we raised our kids, try and avoid the 18s, okay? Maybe stick with the 12s or the 15s because what's in an 18? You, it's raw, it's a bit messy, it's a bit bloody, um, there's all sorts of things. There's some language, some choice language in those 18s. But I have found in my life, when I have gone to the suitcase of my soul, and God has really said to me, okay, you need to deal with this. When I've sat with God, either in my own, you know, my own lounge room at home, sat on my sofa, and I've said, okay, God, I need to pour out this, what happened here. Sometimes the words that come out of my mouth are not pleasant. Sometimes the things I say to God might sound like the sort of thing you'd think, well, can I really say that to God? Can I use those words talking to God? Can I really say it as it is? And I want to say to you tonight, yes, you can. God is big enough to hear about your feelings. He's big enough to hear about what happened. He's big enough to deal with the, the words that might come out of your mouth or the expression that you might give it. There's a, a guy 
a guy called Thomas MacDonald, and this is what he said about this word lamenting, pouring out our stuff to God. He said, it would appear on the surface to be utter folly for the person in the midst of a soul-crushing sorrow to enter deeper into a world of despair. That appearance is deceiving, however, because the laments are more than that. They're a dialogue between man and God. They're a howl of sorrow, yes, but they're also a plea, a thanksgiving, and a sigh of hope and trust. Because when we lament to God, when we tell God how it is, he begins to move. He begins to work in our lives. He begins to heal the stuff that is we've been carrying around in the suitcase of our soul. Whatever that stuff is that we'd shoved away, we get that out. And with God, we tell him how we feel. And he begins to bring healing. He begins to bring restoration. And it's It's almost like then that piece is folded away and it's stored away and healing comes in that area of our lives and health begins to come into our body and into our mind. So tonight we need to trust, we need to pour out and then finally we need to take refuge, take refuge. Do you know, sometimes we can relegate taking time for ourselves and our soul, maybe to a holiday. Maybe we're like, okay, if I can just get to my time off or my day off, then we think, okay, we can manage. I can manage my stuff until I get to my holiday. Recently, I heard um, a lady, some of you may have heard of her, she's called Dr. Caroline Leaf, and she's a Christian cognitive neuroscientist. That's a big title. She said this, she said, true self-care isn't chocolate cake and spa days, but making choices every day to create a life that you don't want to regularly escape from. Have you ever felt like that? that you wanted to escape from your life? Like this is just too much, this is crazy, I want to escape. And I heard a story about a pastor and he said he was in in his book, what he said is one day he was driving home from work and he was heading home to his wife and his kids and he got to the end of his driveway and he he paused, he stopped the car and he said to himself, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I've had a crazy day. I've had a crazy season of my life. And the thought of even going home to my wife and my kids who are gonna want me to be energetic and play and have fun. He's like, I don't even know if I can do this anymore. And he was contemplating escaping, just driving off to the mountains somewhere and having some time on his own. And you might be here in this room tonight and maybe you've had that thought. I just need to escape from my life. Maybe it's thought like that pastor of just heading off out somewhere, just getting away for a few days. Or there might be people here in the room tonight and that thought of escaping your life, your thoughts have taken you to a much more desperate place. But you know, the way that we can avoid getting to a place where we feel like escaping from our life is to regularly take time 
to take refuge in God's presence. And we don't have to go away to do that. What God wants us to know tonight, that right in the middle of whatever you're going through at the moment, you can take refuge in him. I love the verses in Psalm 23, where um, David, again, our friend David, he said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Wow, right there in the middle of a war zone, David said, you prepare a table for me. You create a space for me to meet with you in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the busyness. Do you know, when I think about this word refuge, I, I was thinking about on a busy, busy street, maybe like a, a motorway or a really busy road, the, the, bit of road in the, the, the bit of road in the middle of the road, you know, the bit of land there is called a refuge. So the idea is that if you're crossing a major road, you, you cross the first bit and then you stop in the middle until it's safe to cross and then you cross to the other side. This refuge is bang in the middle of the traffic. You've got chaos this side. You've got chaos that side. But in the middle of the road, you've got a place where you can actually stop and take a breath. And so when we think about this verse we've been reading, that actually he wants us to take refuge in him. Tonight, what God wants to do is create a time and a space for you to take refuge in him, for you to encounter him in the midst of life, in the midst of the crazy or in the midst of the busy or in the midst of the challenges that you're going through at the moment. God wants to meet with you. He wants us to trust. He wants us to pour out and he wants us to take refuge. And what happens, you know, what happened for David when he sat at that metaphorical table in the middle of the battle? What happened to him? He had a pause. He had a pit stop in the middle of the battle and he encountered God in that place. He met God there. God began to speak. God began to fill him again with his Holy Spirit. God began to restore. God began to say, come on, let's just have a moment together. Just you and me, it's not about everyone else. Here tonight, it's not about the person next to you. It's about you and God, that before we head into this incredible weekend, God wants you to take time to encounter him, to pour out, to trust him again and to take refuge. And we're gonna take a moment tonight. We're gonna take a moment to respond to God. We're gonna take a moment to ask ourselves that question, which, which of those three areas do I need to respond in? Is it the area of trust? Are there things I've been stressing about that have been keeping me awake at night that actually tonight, I want to put into miracle territory. Are there things I need to pour out that I've stored up in the suitcase of my soul? Or tonight, are you one of the people here that is saying, 
I need to take refuge. I'm tired. I've been running hard. And tonight I want to encounter God again. I want to encounter the Holy Spirit. I want him to move in the suitcase of my soul. I want him to restore me. And so what we're going to do, we're going to stand together and um, the musos are going to come back. And we're going to take a few minutes just to encounter God's presence. Amen. I hear this, this is what I feel the Lord saying. You know, there's that when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they go into the fiery furnace, right? And they're in the furnace. And, you know, if you know the story, you know that another person appears in the furnace. And, well, you know, the Bible's actually really clear. It's, it's, it's Jesus before he was ever Jesus, right? Shows up in the furnace. And, and then they come out, and, and there's this beautiful little line that says this, there isn't even the smell of smoke on them, all right? Now, we were, we were away for a few days, and, and there was a big fire where we were, and, and everything smelled of smoke. Like, there, it, it, it's, it's a miracle when you've been in the midst of a fire, and you don't smell of smoke, right? And this is what I felt the Lord was wanting to say to some of you. You think that your past causes an, a, a, a lingering smell on you that means there's things that you can't do because where you were, you carry it with you. And I really feel the Lord wants to say to you, and and. and I'm probably going to mess up, mess up some of my language here. This is not about a socioeconomic piece. It's not about how much money you come from. It's not about where you were born this right now. It's about something that you were part of. Mistakes. And you feel like the, the, of your mistake, you carry it into everything else you do. And I think the Lord just wants to tell you... Can't smell anything. I, I, I can't smell the stuff you think everybody else smells about you. So I, I'd love to pray for that. Just uh, everybody, bow your heads for me and close your eyes. And you know, if the girls are on media, don't don't take any pictures for the next few minutes. All right? Let me, because I do believe the Lord wants to set some of you free just from some of the stuff that you think you're carrying around with you. That it, I don't, you know, I met Pastor Natalie last night. Pastor CJ I've met before. Met their kids last night. I don't know anybody else. I mean, I'm just like, but I do know God's moving. So if you're feeling that, you feel like, gee, I, gee oh, everything, everywhere I go, I feel like this thing lingers around me. And I wonder what people think. Then I just believe the Lord wants to set you free. If that's you, just pop your hand up. I just want to know who I'm praying for. Okay. All right. That's cool. Right across the room. Yep. There you go. All right. There's something shifting in the room right now. Because what the Lord's doing is he's getting you ready to minister over the next two days. So that you can do for others what the Lord is doing for you because that's what leadership is he works on us and then through us he works in other people's lives so 
If that's you again, just put your hands up. We're just going to pray. Father, we speak over every person. And we say, there is no smell of the past upon you. There's no smell of failure. There's no smell of brokenness. There's no smell of your past challenges. You're not carrying those things with you anymore. There is a freshness that is coming upon you. There is a freshness that sits in the heart of this house, actually. And that's what you bring, Natalie. You bring a freshness. People come into this. And what happens is the, 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 um, the aroma of heaven comes through the gift of who you are. And people come near you and, and it's like they catch you. And that aroma that's on you, that brings freshness to things, that just sits on other people suddenly. And that's, part, that's the massive part of your gift, that people get, people get their past wiped out because of the way you treat them. And it's a powerful thing. Julie, just come stand here. Karen, come stand here. I'm just going to pray. Hi, sorry, I'm Stuart. Nice to meet you all. There's something shifting right now. We're gonna we're gonna pray for everybody else again in a moment, but I just felt there's a shift in this where where we're recognizing what it is and there's a depth and weight of this that's coming. Can you feel the weight of that right now? Bubbling up. It's bubbling up. Man, you've thought about this so many times. How come I don't see some of these things in other people? And there's a reason. It's because you're not supposed to see them. Because you're seeing them how the Lord's seeing them. And then you're treating them how the Lord's treating them. And it's just shifting stuff around you that other people think, why, why does she let them in? Well, it's because you're doing, you're being Jesus to them. Speak over your, speak over your discernment, sharp as this ever. Speak over your ability to see through things, sharp as you've ever seen it. And we speak over the capacity of your heart let it be enormous in its capacity to draw people in and love people, we pray. Father, we speak of everyone who felt that sense of something on them. Lord, we pray the fragrance of this house, fragrance of worship, the fragrance of your presence, we pray that fragrance to be on each and every one of these people, we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Thank you, God. 